Hola, here we go. What is happening, OTC listeners? Another episode of the OTC Outside the Comics podcast. I'm your host, Mike Garcia, and we are on episode 11. 11, 11, the big one, one. The big one, one. What the nine, one, one. Okay, let me stop. <laughs> What's going on, guys? It's another fantastic, not really much of a fantastic Tuesday night. A lot of things have been going on lately. A lot of comic book news has been going on and knocking on our doorstep. But before we get into that, just wanted to like, you know, just briefly share out a couple of things that's been going on. Um, Post-graduation has finally happened. You, thank you very much. And for some odd reason, my patients have been tested a lot lately because within a week's time like a lot of not bad shit but a lot of messed up shit has been going on like first and foremost uh broke up with my girlfriend around graduation that's a uh that's that's a plus well we kind of broke up with each other since considering that you know we just couldn't come to terms in uh figuring out our schedules, and that's always, it, it was pretty much an issue that just kept on appearing for so long, so we just decided to call it quits, and on top of that, uh, to make matters worse, a good friend of mine, I pretty much lost a good friend, not, you know, dying-wise, no, knock on wood, I'm saying, uh, because of the certain decisions that she made, we pretty much had to end our friendship, so that's a plus, but I'm not here to, like, talk about my personal life. I mean, <laughs> who cares about that? <laughs> anyway, uh, this night, we got more comic book news. And I feel like tonight is going to be pro- primarily focused on DC-related stuff with one Marvel, uh, you know, one Marvel thing. Maybe, maybe a couple. Yeah, well, we'll see how it goes, but... Just like the previous episode, the last couple of episodes, this will be a two-parter. Uh, we're going to start off with some comic book news. No key questions this week. Hmm. Ain't that a little something? Eh, don't worry about it. <clears throat> I'm always going to provide news. I'm always going to provide what to talk about. And uh, the second part of this episode will feature the Joker. Yeah, Kind of a couple of things, uh, actually breaking news that we just arrived literally maybe around an hour ago, and I definitely want to dive into that. But first and foremost, uh, let's dive into this, shall we? This part of the podcast is brought to you by Anchor. You can download Anchor in any form that you want on your phone. If you have Apple or if you have Android, Anchor is the place for you. Download Anchor and record your own podcast if you choose to. If you want other people to know your voice, if you want other people to know what you want to talk about, you can air out your grievances, your family, your friends, your loved ones. Anchor is the place for you. And if you don't feel like talking, if you're too shy, or if you're like, you know what, I got nothing to say, that's okay. Anchor has the best place for you. Download Anchor right now and you can listen to other people like myself included. <laughs> that was a terrible way to promote this. <laughs> and they're not even paying me. Anchor, the app. Go download it. It's fun. It's dandy. You'll love it. You'll enjoy it. Anyway, let's get on with this, shall we? So, first news actually appearing around 
literally right after I finished my episode from last week, the Penguin being rumored to be the main villain for Matt Reeves the Batman. I have a couple of issues with this. For one thing, we've already seen the Penguin played by the brilliant, magnificent Danny DeVito from Batman Returns. Michael Keaton's Batman Returns, actually not Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton is the star of the film. Tim Burton's Batman Returns from 1992. And Danny DeVito, like you, if you've seen that movie and it's dwelled, it's like engraved deep in your heart and your soul and you just love the dark essence of what Batman actually, you know, portrayed and included, you pretty much signify that Danny DeVito and Michelle Pfeiffer made those movies as well. I mean, their performance is staggering and 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 Danny DeVito Danny DeVito was literally the perfect size, the perfect shape. Everything about him that played the penguin was downright awesome because he was not only menacing, he was not only brilliant, but he was a maniac and I mean, hell, there was actually one point, if you remember from the film, that he wanted to kill all the firstborns because he felt betrayed by what his parents uh, put him through at one point. And if you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, I highly recommend go watch the first two Batman films. Batman, uh, uh, yes, Tim Burton's Batman, 1989, Michael Keaton, and uh, 1992 version of Tim Burton's Batman Returns. Uh, not as colorful and as kapow and witty like the 1966 version. No, 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 no. This is dark level shit, Batman. This is this is probably Batman that actually killed people and we just completely forgot about it. <laughs> but but to moving on to what I'm trying to say, um, the Penguin being the main villain. If maybe I'm maybe I'm jumping the gun here, maybe I'm going a little bit far deeper into this, but for the penguin to be the main villain, I it has to tie in with some no pun intended, with some way going through Birds of Prey, which is also rumored to not only have Harley Quinn and Batgirl, but to also have Huntress and Black Canary. So that's going to be very interesting to see the the girl gang all composed into one. And maybe the Penguin would have some way to do in terms of connecting those films. Or, like I said, maybe I'm just thinking too much about it. But if the bat, but uh, if the if the Penguin is going to be part of the storyline, if he's going to be the main villain, I wonder who else is going to be a part of it. Quite frankly, I really thought Hush would be uh, the main villain because at least with him, he can actually portray as Batman or in this case, another Bruce Wayne. And maybe they would have some kind of storyline where Bruce Wayne's identity has been stolen and, you know, maybe in some way, shape or form, another Batman is wreaking havoc upon Gotham and the real Batman has to do whatever it takes to stop him and this becomes a good copycat. I don't know. It's... It's, at this point, and nothing is sacred. Uh, ideas are always, you know, thrown into the mix. I, uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. 
Um, I don't know who would play the new Penguin if the rumors are true. I don't know. Uh, if Dan- I, it would be awesome if Danny DeVito actually made a cameo appearance in the movie. Because I think that would pay, uh, that uh, that would definitely pay homage to Tim Burton's version. Um, at this point, all we can do is just wait and see. Wait and see what happens. Uh, I believe Matt Reeves, the Batman, is not going to be coming out until possibly 2020. So we still got a while for that. Um, I don't know if Ben Affleck is going to continue to play the Batman or if it's going to be someone else completely new. Um... I think I said it before my last podcast, uh, my last podcast, (laughs) I have no other podcast, just this one, in my last episode that Jake Gyllenhaal was supposed to be rumored for it, but those rumors got shut down and now he's playing Mysterio in Spider-Man, so, you know, I, whoever it is or whoever it may be, again, if the rumors are true, they have a lot of shoes to fill because you can't, you can't beat Danny DeVito's uh, version you just can't moving on other news let's see jason momoa and director leaving the crow remake huh you know there are a lot of people that would give their thoughts and opinions in terms of how remakes are and here's my here's my interpretation of it Remakes, in my personal opinion, are completely unnecessary because some classics are made to be left alone. It's why, um, with a remake or reboot, which I still don't know the difference. Like, there has to be a major difference between reboot and remake. I know there's a one distinct difference. I still don't know what it is. But anyway, let me continue. Um, when a remake happens within a film or in a film industry it's made for one purpose and one purpose only to make money if the remake or the reboot has been done the original classic film has to be from the least the 50s or the 60s because a lot of young people like myself probably like you the listener or the viewer well there is no viewer but as the listener as the you know as the consumer or whoever uh, we're not alive during that time. So it's understandable that some people would make reboots and remakes over certain films to actually retell the story in a different perspective, in a different way. That's all fine and dandy. However, when a movie is just only 20 years old, in this case, The Crow, that stars the late Brandon Lee, rest in peace to that dude, son of Bruce Lee, um... It was it, 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 it foretold a different view look on how comic book movies would actually be portrayed. Because in the 90s, you had The Crow, you had Blade, you had, um, uh, again, you, uh, uh, Tim Burton's Batman that I was just finished talking about. You know, you, you, you had classic comic book movies from the 90s, but they were never really classified as comic book movies. They were classified as dark genre gritty type films from the comic book era or the source material were from comic books in general. Um, Doing a reboot or remake of a classic movie, whether it's any movie, let's say a horror film like Friday the 13th, for example, or um, The Nightmare on Elm Street, 
or Halloween, for example, which were done by uh, the last two movies. Yes, they were directed by Rob Zombie. And even he said at one interview that he has no idea why people made remakes or reboots because it kills off the essence of what it took for the classic to be what it is. The weird thing about that is he made the remake himself. So for him to say something like that before him actually making the remake, I don't know. It's kind of a slap in the face to us as the fans in some type of way. It's kind of a hypocritical move. Um, but anyway, let's get back to my point. The Crow was a movie that was so uniquely done. It changed well, not really changed, but it revolutionized other dark comic book movies to actually follow. Um, the story of a guy that's being brutally murdered and his wife or his girlfriend or whoever comes back with one purpose and one purpose only, and that's for revenge. And the crow, the actual life form, the crow itself is a representation of... Of uh, uh, delivering dark souls into the other life. However, if they have unfinished business, they will not rest until their business is completed. We've seen these concepts many times before in future films. But The Crow is a movie that pretty much stands on its own. And nothing can compete with it. Which is why the sequels that came after Salvation, Wicked Prayer... Uh, City of Angels, and there were, and it was pretty much those three. They didn't really went up to par with how the Crow really was. It it it, it failed to become an actual good sequel or a copy of what the original portrayed. So with the Crow, the remake. Jason Momoa and the director, I forgot who the director's name was, but Jason Momoa, Aquaman, was set to remake the new Crow for the younger audience and the current audience, like us, to actually enjoy and watch and view and pretty much have like a nostalgic feeling to the original. And now they left the project. They made a statement that says that you know, they tried their best to make uh, the, the the production to go forward. Obviously, other things didn't happen. And they are, they do uh, sincerely apologize, but they left the project completely. Um, that's pretty much all of that in a nutshell. In my opinion, I think it has a lot more to do with than that. Maybe the studios wanted to, uh, you know, control more of the writing. Maybe the studio wanted to control more of the directing to see what essence would go with what. The same way Fox did with Fantastic. Uh, maybe they couldn't get the budget they wanted, and they couldn't they couldn't envision their dream with the little budget they have. Maybe, maybe the cast and crew were so hard to deal with that they thought to ourselves, uh, they thought to themselves, you know what? Screw it. We're not going to deal with it anymore. You know, there could be a, a huge variety of factors that could play into why they decided to leave the project. In my opinion, they should just leave the crow alone 
It was perfect of what it was. Not a perfect film, but it was great of what it was from the 1994. I still watch it every now and then. It's such a unique film. If you haven't seen it, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. In terms of what my favorite sequel is, I would have to say maybe Salvation. Because it had a, a, a bit more of a gothic punk rock type feel. And I don't know. There, there's something about it that I actually like. I didn't like Kristen. Uh, uh, Kristen. Kristen? Kristen? Kristen Dunst? Kirk, Kristen Dunst? What the fuck her name is. Uh, I didn't like her character in it at all. I thought she was completely useless. Moving on. You know, speaking of Jason Momoa. He's actually going to be in New York City's Comic-Con October 7th, 2018. That's right. So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, and I believe the pre-sale is going on on June 10th, if you've already gone to Comic-Con the year, the, the year prior and the former year, 2016, you can have a chance to actually meet Jason Momoa, Aquaman himself, Sunday, October 7th. That is right. You can go and have your picture with him. It's probably going to cost you around three to four hundred dollars. I'm a fan. I ain't that big of a fan to spend that kind of money. But yeah, if you're thinking about going to Comic-Con and you don't know what ticket you want to buy, go for it on a Sunday. Have a chance to see Jason Momoa. Uh, in terms of how you can do it, go on New York Comic-Con, search it up on Google, and all the details will be there. So, yeah. You're welcome. Uh, anyway, moving on. Oh, another news about Aquaman. <laughs> A lot of Aquaman news lately. <laughs> Go figure. James Wan, the director of Aquaman, says that the trailer is supposed to be dropping very, very soon. How soon? We don't know yet. But apparently, uh, the, the production team that worked for the visual effects for the Avengers and you know, all of the other Marvel projects that they've been working on have actually helped to work on the visual effects for Aquaman since, you know, most of the time I'm sure Aquaman's battle scenes are going to be taking place underwater. The visual effects needs to be up to par. And James Wan even said that he was not ready to release a trailer yet until the visual effects for the trailer was done correctly. So if he says that it's going to be out soon, I'm definitely going to take his word for it. Definitely going to be exciting to see. Very exciting to see indeed. Alright, since we're still on the DC subject, let's talk about another person that is part of the Justice League DC news. The title for Wonder Woman's sequel, Wonder Woman 2. Apparently it won't be called Wonder Woman 2. It's going to be hinted as the title WW84. Wonder Woman 84, or... WW84. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess, like, okay, if you Google it, WW84, you, you can kind of see, and it, in a way, it kind of feels like playing a Call of Duty game. I'm, I'm not joking. I am not joking. If I was to turn on my Call of Duty right now, you would see little vignettes and little, you know, promotion arts about World War II or World War One or, you know, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare or whatever the case. The style is nearly similar to that. And that's 
what I gotten as soon as I looked at it. Yes, I understand the movie is taking place in 1984. I get it. Um, which is set during the Cold War. Uh, this is taking part before the events of Justice League and right after her first movie, which hopefully it doesn't suffer from sequelitis and we can actually get a very good film since Patty Jenkins is still a director and apparently also Zack Snyder, who was supposedly fired from Warner Brothers for the Batman v Superman and before Justice League, is still the producer for Wonder Woman. So, let that sink in a little bit. The guy that got fired for a massive, massive disappointment execution with Batman v Superman and supposedly got kicked out with the Justice League, plus the death with his daughter, plus the controls of Warner Brothers have been having or whichever the case, is the producer for Wonder Woman 84. Um, you know what? Sure. Why not? This, sure. I, I, I guess it, it's funny because I really don't have much of an opinion to, 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 to even formulate this because as long as they give Patty Jenkins the ultimate control to direct her movie the same way she directed Wonder Woman 1, I'm all for it. Zack Snyder, you want to be the producer? Have at it. You want to work on visuals? Have at it. Just let Patty Jenkins, let her formulate her own craft. Uh, in terms of the title, Wonder Woman 84 or WW84, sure, I guess, yeah. Could have been called Wonder Woman Cold War or just keep it at Wonder Woman 2 or Wonder Woman you know, the beginnings, or Wonder Woman Escape from the War, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really hard to come up with a good title nowadays, but Wonder Woman 84, I don't know, if you guys like it, you can leave it to me in the comments below, and uh, let me know how it goes, uh, we have one more piece of news, one more something that is newsworthy, one more newsworthy, Marvel's Cloak and Dagger is premiering this Thursday at 8pm, I think you can catch it on Hulu, if I'm not mistaken. If, if it's not on Hulu, then you can try to stream it in your own way. But I don't know too much about Marvel's Cloak and Dagger. I know it has something to do with these two people that are somehow opposites from each other. And I, I, don't, I don't think they're part of the Inhumans. Uh, I'm sure they're not. But they have a uniquely storyline of their own. And... I'm definitely going to be trying to, I'm going to try to check it out over the weekend because apparently I have to go away for the weekend for some work-related business and I don't think I'm going to have time to, you know, watch the premiere at its finest, but I don't know. If you guys are interested in seeing Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, again, you can catch it on this Thursday night at 8 p.m. Uh, I don't know what the network is. You may have to search that up for yourself. And uh, that's pretty much about it. That's all the new stuff we have that it pretty much consists of DC and one Marvel stuff. We already know that the Avengers is nearly crossing $2 billion worldwide. We know that the the promotion for Wonder Woman 84 
Uh, filming is going to begin the early of the year. And apparently some reshoots are going to be done with Avengers 4. And they'll probably be done sometime around September of this year. Which I'm guessing if they're going to do that, they may include a particular character that wasn't there from the beginning. This is my guess and potential spoilers in the next minute or two. I'm wondering if if this has anything with including the Silver Surfer. Um... Again, I don't know if the Fox or Disney deal, I'm assuming it will be done by then. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have the rights yet to include Silver Surfer. But apparently, he does not belong to Galactus. Yeah, he was a henchman for Thanos the entire time. Go figure, right? <laughs> Look, some knowledge I know about comics. Uh... If they are going to include the Silver Surfer, I'm wondering how they're <clears throat> how they're going to play into the whole thing with the Avengers theme. Oh, and if you want any more spoilers from Avengers 4, I'm going to try my best not to spoil anything until we see what's going on. We already know that a few characters are going to come back. It's obvious. We know their films are going to be taking place. We know they're going to have future franchises, and you can pretty much guess who exactly I'm talking about. But until then, I'd rather be kept in the dark because I don't like to be spoiled that much. But that's going to do it for this week's comic book news. Uh, There's going to be one more piece of news about the Joker later on in part two. Again, if you want to create your own podcast or if you want to listen to other people except for myself, you can download the Anchor app and listen to your heart's content. It is for free. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me, not really email, but tweet me, message me. You can find me on Twitter at the MG Magnum. You can message me, uh, wait, 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 getting tongue tied here, blah, 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 blah. Find me at MG Magnum 715 on Instagram. I am there. I pretty much check that out every single day. But now, coming up, part two news about. The Joker. You wanted it, you got it. Part 2 of episode 11 of the OTC Outside the Comics Podcast. And this segment, we're going to talk about what's been going on with the Joker. And uh, for those of you who don't know what's been going on lately, um, well... Maybe not been what's been going on, but yeah, let me not beat around the bush. <laughs> beat around the bush. So, the Joker was supposed to get his own standalone film, and it was okayed by Warner Brothers last August, some, some last fall, I would say, so somewhere around uh, this past fall. And apparently, there were rumors that it was going to be Leonardo DiCaprio or some other person that was going to foretell an origin story of who the Joker was before he became the Joker. Uh, It had something to do with the crime mob uh, underworld type thing. Um, Normally, when you see a lot of underground, dark, gritty films, you would occasionally see those in film noirs type things. Um, 
for those of you who don't know what film noir means, it technically means black film. Not black as in the color, stop being racist here, no. Black film as in underworld films, like underworld crime type films. And the Joker was supposed to be somewhat of a, of a representation of that. Here's the thing though, we've already seen that again uh, from part one of this episode, if you've listened. From 1989's Batman, directed by Tim Burton, we've seen a small glimpse of who the Joker was before he became the Joker. Uh, his name was... Jack, I don't, I don't understand what, why a lot of, you know, bad guys always name with Jack. I it's such an easy name. Um, so there's that, and apparently, in this version, Jack was a mob crime boss that was pretty much stealing from shit like all crime bosses do. He fell in the chemicals and, you know, his hand risen up and then he became the Joker when he looked at his, himself in the mirror. Which, I have to say, if you rewatch that film and you, and you remember that segment where he's like taking off the bandages from his face and he just goes, mirror, mirror, like, that scene alone is kind of horrifying. Because it's actually the birth of a monster, if you truly think about it. Like, re-watch re, re that segment. Go on YouTube right now, rewatch that segment, and, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Anyway, moving on. So, uh, the director who directed The Hangover, his name is Todd Phillips. And apparently, Warner Brothers okayed him to direct a new Joker standalone film... That features his life as a crime boss, as a person that deals with the mob and deals with the underworld uh, version of, you know, Gotham City. Uh, the thing is, they were going to see if they can include the bit of the Red Hood storyline within it of who he was as a Red Hood before he became the Joker and then the... Uh, the film would follow on with it. Which is why I think they needed to get someone like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Or someone who's extremely uh, serious for that role. And not the ha ha he he role that the, we all see as the Joker very very well. Now here's the thing that is. It's. It's sort of confusing, but I'm trying my best to gather my thoughts together so I can explain this in the best way I know how. Apparently, Jared Leto, who became the Joker for the Suicide Squad this past year, not this past year, but 2016 or 2017, it's one of those years, very recently, the Suicide Squad, Jared Leto has been given the okay to direct a solo Joker movie himself. Now, I'm going to repeat this again. Jared Leto has been given the okay to direct and star his own Joker spin-off film himself. Hold up. Hold up. What, wait a, wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. So, Warner Brothers okayed Todd Phillips' film that dealt with under, that, that deals with under, the, the underworld version of what the Joker's life is. And now they're 
O'Kane Jared Leto's version? What? 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 What is going on? Like, what? 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 See, I'm I'm like completely speechless, and 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 I have again. Let me calm down, Garcia. Whew, let me gather my thoughts together. Apparently, in Todd Phillips' version, there it would it would be its own version, its its own standalone film. That has nothing to do with what's going on with the DC Extended Universe. There's nothing going on with the Suicide Squad, Batman v Superman, Justice League. It has nothing to do with that. It's a prequel story, and it's in, in, uh, it's in its own version in, in it of itself. Whereas Jared Leto's version, apparently, has to do with the Suicide Squad. and has to do with Harley Quinn. It has to do with the Batman, and so on and so forth. Since Harley Quinn is getting her own girls gang movie in terms of Gotham City Sirens or Birds of Prey or whatever they're going to title it with. The Joker, apparently, Jared Leto's version, is going to get his own standalone version and is going to be introduced and be a part of the Suicide Squad universe. That's going to be a part of the DC Extended Universe. Todd Phillips' version is going to have a new DC banner that's going to foretell different storylines of what the DC Extended Universe is going to portray. So in other words, the same way what Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has with their versions of the film, they have only one cohesive, unique storyline from Iron Man all the way to Infinity War and so on, right? But different versions of different outlines, you can see it that maybe what Sony is doing with Venom and the other Spider-Man uh, characters and their spin-off films, uh, Sable and Bl- uh, Black and Sable, for example. Um, I'm sorry, not Black and Sable. Uh, Silver and Black, for example. Um, you know, with Black Cat and Silver Sable. Um... You know, they, they have a, a different version. I'm sure they're going to have a Carnage one. I'm sure they're going to have... I'm sh- If if my theory is correct about the amazing... Not the amazing... Spider-Man Homecoming 2. If it's going to be called that. Maybe Spider-Man Graduation Day. Who the fuck knows? If my theory is correct that they're going to introduce Sinister Six. Then chances are they're going to reboot that. And try to make it a film. What Sony has tried to do. But MCU may do it better. Think of that... In cohesion with this. Because. If this is true. And DC wants to make a banner themselves. Where they want to make their own storylines. With films. That directly relates to the Batman. In his own Gotham City type world. Then I guess this is a good thing. Because in a way. It actually extends the universe. In a different side. And it foretells of what the Batman. Can be like. In his own world. In other words. The storylines that you would read from regular comics. Batman and Robin. Batman Eternal. Um, Nightwing. Batgirl. Death of the Family. The Court of Owls. And so on and so forth. Those are different storylines within the new 52 version of the comic book series. That foretells different story angles of the Batman's life. And apparently... With the, with the, excuse me, with the, uh, introduction of Todd Phillips' version of the Joker being the film noir type 
movie, they're trying to expand on that and they're trying to take advantage of the Batman's, you know, character, the other characters and his foes and his villains and his uh, protégés and his sidekicks or whatever. This is probably the reason why they were trying so hard to milk all of their money and all of their time and all of their investment into making a Nightwing film and to making a Batgirl film, even though those projects have been put on hold. My question is this, though. Even though those these two Joker films will have nothing, absolutely nothing to do with each other, what is the time rate of when these two films are going to be released? Because if you released one, let's say, hypothetically speaking, let's say you give a year to release it. And you release the Joker within... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Todd Phillips' version, since it is a prequel story, I'm sure, in a way. Let's say you release it in 2020 or 21 or whatever, right? When is a good time to actually release the Joker film in Jared Leto's version? Because it would have to be sometime around Suicide Squad, the sequel, right? Or would have to be a prequel story before the sequel actually takes place. Is it going to be a midquel, like in between? Is it going to be held after the Justice League is already done? Is it going to be held right after Todd Phillips' version is going to be done? Like... These are important questions to be considered because if us as the audience and as the fans happen to see one version of the Joker, we might not be that interested to see another version of the Joker, especially when Jared Leto's version had so much heat on how trash he was. And I believe a lot of it has to do with them comparing this Joker to Heath Ledger's Joker or Jack Nicholson's uh, Joker or even Mark Hamill's Joker which is by far my favorite from Batman the Animated Series. So again uh, I get what they're trying to do maybe they're trying to extend the Batman in its own universe with its own storylines, with its own characters and its own vision because let's be honest, Batman is DC's cash cow and if they're going to try to take it as much advantage as they can to milk that son of a bitch as much, they, as much as they want to the fans, that's exactly what they're going to do. Um, Having two Joker films... <sighs> That to me that remains to be seen because I can't help but feel that this is all clickbaiting. I mean, let's face it; it wasn't that long ago that we thought that we were going to get a Batgirl standalone film, and look what happened. The director was supposed to be Joss Sweden, and all of a sudden he he was like, "Yeah, I, I can't do it. I can't write this. I it has to, it has to be told to someone else." So it's one thing if you're releasing these types of news. Which can get some fans excited. I completely understand. But at the same time. We're pretty much at a point now. Where. We've been promised way too much. When it comes to DC films. We've been promised way too much. I know I have. When it came to Batman v Superman. It just. It just. It failed to deliver. It wasn't up to par. And. It's, it's just. 
I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. If if they're going to do this Batman universe storyline thing and they're going to make it a, a thing of their own and they're going to try to be as separate from the DC Extended Universe, then try, try, just try to learn from their mistakes. As a matter of fact, look what they did and then do the opposite. That's that's pretty much the the best way that I can that that I can say. That's that's pretty much the best the the, the only thing I can say. Who? But aside from that, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Personally, I think I'd rather see Todd Phillips' version than Jared Leto's version. Simple reason. I'm a huge fan of film noir. I really am. Maybe no theme fatale type thing, but again, Google these terms if you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. But or neo noir, a prequel neo noir type film. As a matter of fact, that could be very interesting to write about. Hmm. Maybe I can write a different story. Batman versus Hush. Batman against Batman. Or Batman versus an evil Bruce Wayne. Ooh. That's very interesting. But anyway, that's all we have for tonight for episode 11 of the OTC Outside the Comics podcast. Once again, you can catch me up at MGMagnum715 on Instagram or the MGMagnum on Twitter. Uh, tune in next week on episode 12. We'll probably talk more about Marvel stuff since we focused a lot on DC. Stuff always happens. News always breaks. Uh, I like to keep it short. I like to keep on growing. Uh, Please share this to your friends. Share this to your buddies, to your family, to your dogs, to your pets, to your cats, whichever the case. Anyone who wants to listen, I'll be more than happy to help. Any questions that you want to ask, be free to ask whatever want, questions, comments, concerns, whichever, bigger, browner, badder, better, uh, and for the superhero quote of the week, and remember, this is post-graduation, with great power comes great responsibility, and all I can say is, Uncle Ben, rest in peace, my friend, rest in peace, as for right now, I am done, I am through, peace out, latest.